rolling. All right, I think I'm up first today. Yep. Um, I had a really good day. I've also just been reflecting on it. Like, I feel like I am getting so much done hmm. in just the four hours a week. Like, I'm way ahead of schedule. Okay. Where at the beginning I, of my, you know, the project space, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be my usual story of where I have not got enough time and it's going to spill over into every aspect of my life and every huh. area and every time slot I have. Yeah. And it just hasn't been. Huh. It hasn't been that at all. It's like, it's amazing having it confined to those four hours a week that I know this is going to be the space. Yeah. I've also set my deadlines far enough in advance, like far enough ahead to know that I will definitely be able to get it done in this time. I yeah. probably maybe set it a bit too far, but yeah. rather that than... Too early. Yeah. yeah. That's and, so interesting. Yeah. And I think I was a bit worried that, because I still want to fully be like a stay-at-home mum with my kids and I want to be, have headspace to think about cool projects we could do with them and mm. we can, cool projects we can do in the home and cool yeah. projects we could do as a family and... Yeah. Yeah, just the typical needs that you have to care for as a mother. And I wanted to be able to do that. And so I was worried that starting a project was going to encroach on all of that. Because yeah. it takes its own headspace. Yes. All, all that kind of creative work. Yes. And especially I'm quite an ideas person. I love ideating. And so, mm. yeah, I think I've been surprised by the fact that I have been able to learn to just delegate it to those four hours interesting and then um and i've also learned to not bring the other stuff in to those four hours okay. and actually just sit and do that cool that's, that's yeah really cool. it's been it's been really cool actually reflecting and going oh the stuff that i was concerned about it's actually all sorted itself out over huh. time like and just practice and interesting yeah so great so i ended up um having a preliminary interview with Graham around all the questions that we'd I'd set up and sent mm -hmm. to him yeah and yeah it's really good he's super excited and so am I cool and yeah I just had a few more ideas come to me like as we were having that conversation of how I could film it on okay. the day and how okay. we could structure it a little bit differently how and do you capture those ideas by the way when you're in a so you're on zoom were you oh no just on the phone on the phone and yeah. um, did you, after the phone call, write some things in Evernote or did you write some things? I was just writing in Evernote as I was chatting with him around okay, each question. So you question. had your, your laptop open. Yeah. Then you were calling, had the phone yeah. on speaker or something. Yeah, headphones. Headphones and then just typing, typing. things in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pretty. Yeah, typing <laughs> some notes under each question and then, yeah, just some ideas that I'd... Yeah, that had popped to mind, just making a note of that, running it by him. Oh, interesting. So you had, sorry about the detail questions, yeah, I'm just like, quite yeah. interested in this at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, oh, you're totally like using me as a, as a um, guinea pig for your, <laughs> I'm just your product. So like you're on the phone, you've got your questions up on Evernote. So that's actually even structuring the conversation. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, we're running through those questions I'm using those to guide my conversation with him. And then yeah. I'm also making notes of stuff that he's saying that I'm like, oh, that's super important. Yeah. That's really interesting. Oh, we should definitely make sure, I must definitely make sure that I capture that on the day that he, I get him to repeat that. 
Okay. Specifically. Oh, interesting. Mm. Did you find it distracts you taking a note while you're in a conversation? Or uh, what, what was the feeling? Maybe not just assuming that it does distract you. Like, what was the, what's the experience of taking a note while you're in a conversation like that? I mean, it's definitely not exactly like it would be if you were just listening. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't expect for myself to be taking down what he's saying verbatim or sure. to be capturing everything. Okay. So that takes the pressure off. And so it's just like oh. sometimes even just a few words that okay. will jog my memory back to it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's fine. I mean, like it's not... It's not the ideal way of having a conversation, I don't think. Like, But I told mm. him I'm going to be taking some notes and, yeah. yeah. I mean, ideally you'd love to just sit and chat with someone and listen. Yeah. But this part of the process is one of taking notes and making connections. and. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's so, helpful. <laughs> That's really interesting. Oh, how yeah. is that helpful for you? Oh, because I'm actually thinking about... And we'll get to it, I guess, when we talk about what mm. I think is... Yeah, yeah, but we're there now, so like, just... Oh, just on this little thing then. Like, yes, quickly. Go. I'm really fascinated by the place... So so whenever you bring technology into uh, two people, like, relating, like, having a conversation, mm. it affects that conversation. Mm. Um, sometimes negatively, sometimes pos- uh, positively, most times both. Um, yeah. And what I'm interested in is to see what the good place of technology is in a conversation. And I think the reality in a conversation like what you've had over that phone call is that while, like you say, it'd be great just to be in the conversation, if you were just in the conversation, you wouldn't have the question sets to guide it and you necessarily, you might not have remembered everything because uh, you might have had a great conversation, but just forget, forget forget what a lot of the stuff were that you want to, yeah, no, definitely, so you definitely like pros need and cons there. Absolutely. Um, and there will come a time when, like I know in my process, there will come a time when I won't be taking notes during it. Yeah. So in my final interview with the guy, when I'm filming him, yeah. I'm not going to be taking notes Interesting. then. Yes. All that done stuff's been done already. I'm just going to be in that conversation. Yes. Fully present, going with the conversation, but also letting the com- the questions that I do have in front of me guide it yeah. to some extent. What's interesting to me, and so the the different modes of those two conversations. Mm. So when you're in filming mode, production mode, there's kind of you've done a lot of the connections in mm. terms of how it's gonna shape up or at least not Some all. Some of them. Yeah. yeah. Not um, like there's you're always open to more. Yeah. Yeah. And change. So yeah. but what's fascinating is in that initial stage where you are quite it is quite formative, mm. then taking notes is a bit more helpful because it's actually um kind of capturing your thinking, reminding you of things that you want him to say in the interview. Mm-hmm. Um so you're a lot more in kind of input mode. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fascinating is that there's, there's certain conversations or things that we have that we're in input mode and that's when mm. notes. Because you have this in. new idea for a note-taking. <laughs> note we'll come back we'll to come this. To anyway. <laughs> anyway, and the final thing I did was um, I downloaded the um, DaVinci Resolve 16 editing software. Which it looks, is amazing. It looks a lot more like, do you know, okay, here's what, I, when you first did it, 
Like, do you know what I thought of? <laughs> I thought of like hey, some, Art's easel. Yeah, yeah, effectively some hectic other thing that just like just looks like it was made with like Microsoft like old paint. Microsoft Paint. <laughs> That's exactly where my head went. <laughs> and like, just because it has such a clunky name, but like, I looked at the website and it's amazing. It like, is. it's beautiful. Yes. Um, and like, it's like it looks pretty powerful too, and pretty like legit. Mm, like, absolutely. obviously. It's, yeah, a lot more like uptake within the industry than I had given it credit for. So <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. So, cool. Anyway, so I downloaded that and started on a tutorial cool. to kind of figure out the ropes on it. But I it's love- very similar to other linear editing programs that I've used. So okay. like Avid and um, Adobe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, it's going to be a good fit. I love how you just like, I don't know. The way you learn new things and just skill yourself up, then you kind of, you do the tutorials and you kind of go through, it's just so kind of solid. Like I will jump into things and I'll play around with things, but I don't think to actually do the tutorials. Whatever, you did that, you did it. When you made your app, your note take, your note app. Yep. You did so many tutorials to figure out how to do that code, that specific yeah, code, yeah, Swift, true. right? That, yeah, no, that's true. But, so this is a similar, it's similar, it's just in the video realm so you may be not making the same connection or do you know what i do though is i don't go through the official like i don't look at the product in this case it was slightly different because it was swift code but i I don't necessarily go to the product and think about the two like think about the fact that they've actually probably thought about it and thought about the the sequence of things you should learn i go to youtube and i randomly try different keywords to see different angles in and i create my own little tutorial from (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome too yeah, but I just like the structured way in which you do it and actually probably fast tracks it yeah it's interesting because I may not in the past have done it that way huh. I think in the past I would have just well I would have had the time like I would have had five days a week yeah. you know to just go in and start playing around with it and then figure it out as I go but I know I have I think this is something I've learned as a mum, like the efficiency, you know, I have four hours. Make the most of every minute. Yeah, what is going to be the most efficient way to get to yeah. the result? And yeah, I'd seen on their website, they make it pretty clear that they've got a tutorial and it's a really good tutorial. Okay. That's really good. Mm. It's really cool. Like you, like it's really cool seeing how you're using these four hours. Four hours is actually a little nice constraint, eh? Hey? Like I, yeah. actually, I actually quite like it. How, yeah. do you, how are you feeling in terms of your... Like, oh, four hours. Because one of the things I'm playing with is four hours versus six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like when you get to the end of your block um, that you're like, all right, sweet. I've kind of, does it come to a natural end? Or do you feel like you always got, if you could give another hour or two, you'd have gas in the tank to keep going? I'd say that 70% of the time so far, I'm just getting onto a roll. Okay. When my time's finished. So there's more for me to do. But the other 30% I have experienced fatigue. So okay. I guess it all depends on the type of activity that you're doing. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh, classic. It's going to be interesting when I start in a few weeks to clock up to six hours. Yeah. To decide like yeah, how I want to think about that. Um, yeah, so a lot of it will probably be just structuring the, the types of activities yeah, you're doing. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. I love I love how like a four hour block just gives you that constraint that you can actually start to play with things. Mm. Like whether if, if you had a lot of time, it's just almost too much time to kind of think about how you use it. Mm. So that's cool. Anyway, over to you, Maestro. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so for me, it's it's been a bit of a mix of a week, to be honest. I think um, 
So, okay, there's two big things that... Like, uh, that have happened. Yeah. Um, so I had um, Wednesday... Um, was a bit more. I didn't have a like a conversation with a founder, there then. Mm-hmm. Um, but today I had three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and part of that is because your Wednesday slot was in the afternoon this yeah, week, which doesn't harder work to, with the time yeah, zones. Yeah, I I need to kind of rethink that and think like are the other time zones I could target like Japan and Australia, mm, yeah, Indonesia. Um, so yeah, I just need to put this just on the backlog of things to figure out. Um. Yeah, so, and I actually struggle a bit when I've got that amount of time on, like, I actually get a lot of energy from these conversations, mm. and to not have any conversation, which I think I can solve that, but to not have any conversation in that four-hour block. It was a long stretch to you, it felt long. Yeah, it's long, just to output, like, things, as mm. opposed to get input. Mm. Um, I guess there's other ways I could get input, that are, other than conversation, like reading things, or like mm. watching things, so. but yeah, for me, that's... Yeah, I've, I've noticed mm. that, that if I have a four-hour block with no... I would agree, actually, because, yeah, my, um, the Muse storytelling course that I've been doing has yeah. been super good at being an input and, um, yeah, interesting. for me and guiding a lot of what I was doing as yeah, well. Yeah, interesting. I kind of need, yeah, that mix of input-output in that time. Mm. I'm not sure how long I can go for just output. I almost, like, see, there's, there's two types of, like, there's um like thinking time but sometimes like you, you there's there's a whole like line of research and thinking around deep work and what that is when you really need to kind of crack through something and sometimes mm. you do need like at least a couple of hours and maybe up to four hours yeah on that to go deep on that yeah but that's in specific times and i, and I find that I, unless i have a specific thing that i want to crack then like free form like over that amount of time you start to kind of yeah it just starts to be difficult to main, maintain momentum or yeah. energy or so but anyway so there was a bit of that kind of feel of a day on, on wednesday and mm. uh, started to kind of i'm getting to the point where i'm starting to get some feedback on these early prototypes and starting to think about like products and product direction and different types of things um and then today was like i say three uh, interviews and that was that was really cool like i get so energized by these interviews um i probably yeah there probably is a few too much like input level so if i have like two three there's maybe a bit much i'd probably max out at three probably optimal will be about like two interviews in a typical day mm. to aim towards yeah um but yeah because there's just so much richness that comes out of like an interview um, and especially if you want to make the most of it and actually take that input and hold it up to yeah, what you're doing and exactly. you know like actually you yeah. use it and work through it and yeah, so I take yeah. notes. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, in a similar way to you. Um, and I'm using Notion, uh, which is a cool tool. Mm. But I just find my notes go into Notion to die. Like I like I oh. actually don't look back on um, the conversations I've had. Oh, interesting. And that's largely, I think, and I was chatting to a few of the founders this morning about this. And I've had a similar experience with Notion that... Um, Notion, because of its structured, um, that you, in the way that you've got like you make pages within pages within pages within pages, you almost have to when you're thinking, you've got to figure out what bucket does this go in because everything has a kind of a hierarchical structure. So you kind of go up into that bucket and go that thing's about Silos. that product, and then so then you're like, well, I'm talking about a 
I'm talking, I've got notes open about this founder. That kind of fits into this bucket and that bucket and this bucket. And where do mm. I put it? Because mm. like, I have frustrating. To so that's the challenge of Notion. Which brings me to, I probably, it would be good to, how are we going for time? 15 minutes. Cool. Um, I want to, yeah, so the latest thinking. Okay. So this is one of the big, and I'm, like, I think this will be called a chat through. Yeah. So, um. Up till now, I've been having a few different prototype ideas, but a primary one called Hey. And Hey was a feedback tool that you give people, founders, a snippet of code, they put it on their website, and it actually makes a bit of a kind of conversational form to shape the feedback that comes in. Mm -hmm. So it gives a few questions that help a customer give slightly better feedback. So it's a simple, simple product, mm -hmm. uh, easy to implement. Um, and actually, like one of the founders um, was like, yeah, um, sign me up if I... if." You launch it because I'd actually, like I said, mocked up a, a web page that had like how it ran, including pricing. Mm. And um, so, and I still might launch that. Oh, that's the brand. Um, Yum. Nice. It smells amazing. Mm. I have to stop it. <laughs> Just pull the plug out. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so that might be a product that I might just maybe build at, at some stage. Um, which is an interesting thing in itself. I'm actually noticing um, the pattern of founders who actually build multiple products and don't kind of put everything writing on a product. Mm. I've got this little portfolio, especially uh, independent or indie hacker, indie kind of founders. Yeah. They kind of just have this little portfolio. And what that does is not only is you've got a few different income streams, but also like you get to actually, you get to experiment your thinking and stuff on a product without it being the yeah day one. it doesn't have too much weight on it you know like this has to be the thing that yeah. works and yeah, yeah. oh i love that yeah and in fact most of the um the founders that are getting more success are ones that have already done four or five products mm. and these are products that have been launched and got some customers so they're not just like ideas they've mm. actually launched products mm. and you have energy yes. and passion for both of these products right mm. yeah so the note taking one mm -hmm. As well as we no, we haven't. So <laughs> as we, well as hey, so yeah. so there's hey. Okay. But remember, um, a few weeks back, I kind of talked about. I've got this other idea that's completely different kind of angle on it, which I'm kind of keeping in the background. But it's that kind of um, I'm I'm kind of giving a small percentage of a time to that. A small what? Percentage of time. Oh to yeah. That, sorry. No, that's fine. Um, and this is one of the challenges because that percentage has grown to the point that now it's the dominant <laughs> one that I'm putting my <laughs> energy into. Um, and part of me wonders, like, am I just not focusing on, hey, like, should I just get that out the door and just not be distracted? Because mm. it's not even, like, coded yet. Yeah. There is the small issue that I can't code it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, that? But if you take that, <laughs> there's no issue at all. <laughs> so. That is so great. Yeah, we're good. We're good here. <laughs> So there's that. Um, but okay, so so this other idea <laughs> is um, one of the things I've noticed is I um, have been exploring these conversations with founders and they're trying to figure out what their product should be. Um, feedback tools are part of it. 
Um, and that's where Hay has gone. But then there's also other aspects where they use analytic tools like Google Analytics where they can see who, who uses the product, um, who goes to the sites, all that kind of that data-y stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the whole side of it of talking to customers and gathering that information. And then there's like just people listening to podcasts and reading things. And so all of those, like you, you actually can't nail down a an input um, that actually is the thing that actually helps people make good decisions about what mm. product to build. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I have noticed is that um, people do use a range of, and it changes over time, a range of different inputs, which is informing their intuition, and it's in their intuition that they make. There's no science to product building. There's no science to, like, what shall I build. There's just, you have a whole bunch of inputs to your thinking, and then you decide what product you want to make. Um, we've talked before about just like all the different decisions and all the different considerations. So eventually it seems like what's happening is people are, and especially the experienced ones, are just loading their brains with like a whole bunch of inputs and using all I've learned over the years. And and when, when you kind of tied down and I'll zoom in on how they made particular decisions, there's actually a ton of things that go into that. Mm-hmm. So there's that in terms of the dynamic. It's their intuition being informed. Um, but when you actually break down, like, well, how do they help think through things? Like, it actually goes... What go- do you mean? How oh. does your intuition help think through things? Or, or what, what do they... Like, what technology do they actually... Like, what actual... Um, when I say tools, I mean, like, um, yep. software. What, yep. what kind of software programs do they use to that are helpful in relation to, like time to get all these thoughts okay. or at least figure out what their thoughts are yep that makes sense now and a lot of them it's just real basic things like note-taking apps and paper and whiteboards and that kind of stuff uh, yep. which is not half as fancy as like any kind of beautiful little app or even feedback tool or any, those are just the input side mm-hmm. so um yeah it's got me thinking a lot about um like just those more core tools like the core tools everyone uses email notes app some sort of task manager so those are the kind of core things where there is established categories of these types of products and these kind of applications that it's not a new thing it's not as unknown you kind of like you don't have to sell people on the idea they need email or that they need note taking app they just do and these are the things that are used mm-hmm. um and and so i've been using notion Yep. Um, and I thought Notion was pretty good. Until yeah, you were raving about it. Yeah, but I've started to run into some of the limitations of it. And um, a few days ago, I got an email um, from a guy called Kevin Rose. I'm on a newsletter. And he um, he said that he's just started to use, he's just switched from Notion to this new tool called Rome Research. Mm-hmm. And Rome Research is different from Notion in the sense that it doesn't force all your notes into a hierarchy like Apple Notes or Evernote, um, uh, Google Docs, and even Notion forces you yeah. to like go, this is a note and that's a sub-note of that. And this is mm-hmm. something. Rome, um, as opposed to these ones, basically you link notes like just by kind of like a hyperlink and mm-hmm. a website. Things mm-hmm. just, anything can link to anything. Yeah. Which um, is a really fascinating idea. Now, yeah. And now I, I, like, I signed up to Rome and I don't like the design and feel of the tool. Um, that's interesting to say that but that that particular mechanic and there's a lot more to Rome than just that mechanic but that particular mechanic is quite interesting mm. 
So, yeah, so I was kind of, kind of thinking around, like, actually, could I just do, a, and it seems crazy, like, just a note app. Could yeah. I do a note app that is actually built for the kind of thinking that these founders are doing? Um, it seems that Rome Research is used by academics and writers, yeah, which is interesting. And I, I do need to take note of that, um, yeah. as opposed to Notion, what seems to be more kind of teams, productivity gurus, that kind of thing. Um, so... Yeah, but I've started to play a lot more um, again. So a linked note-taking app that could be for founders and um, designers and yeah, and those teams. that are that are doing. I mean, this is what I was asking before about when you took notes and when you didn't. Hmm. So it's in that phase where you're trying to figure something out. You're solving a problem, but it's got. Um, yeah, I think there's something in there around taking notes in a way that kind of matches more your intuition. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, like, I find with a notion, when I want to take a note, I've got to, before I take the note, I've got to think about what bucket it lives in. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems to add that little bit of friction to the way my brain would naturally work. Yeah. Whereas I'd love to just bang it in and then maybe just mm. figure links out either later or at the time just easily yeah. hyperlink things together. Well, that's really interesting. You say the thing like it either takes you out of your workflow, like mm -hmm. it takes your head out for a moment mm -hmm. or you've got to figure it out beforehand. So ideally what you want to do is to design a note-taking app that can keep you in the flow. Exactly. You know, exactly. where you don't ever have to come out. Yeah, and keep you in the flow, particular, <laughs> particularly in these creative moments yeah. or these problem-solving moments or these kind of trying to figure something out. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and I actually, even today, I started to use Rome for, like, my thinking today. And it is more natural. Like, I find myself not having to figure out, like, for example, I was I had Tim, and I wanted to just take some notes on that chat. But then I could just quite easily link it over to, like, Intuition and that product. Mm. And I just didn't need to kind of think about whether the notes exist within the Tim note, or the product note, or the idea yeah, behind the product yeah, yeah. note. So it's oh, just, man, this is... Awesome. This makes me super excited. It's pretty cool. And I, and I think it is, you know how we've talked before about like the product you actually want to build? Yes. This is kind of the product I actually want to build. Um, I was actually chatting to one of the founders today who, who had the opposite experience where he's like, he built something and it got pulled out to like by his customers to another use case than he thought. And he didn't actually want that anymore. So, oh, so he didn't like his product anymore? Yeah, he didn't want to keep building it. So oh. he actually moved his focus to start to build another product. Oh. And <laughs> Just because he didn't like the way his customers were using it? Yeah. Well, it was obviously helpful for them, though. Exactly. But this is the thing. Like, founders aren't always passionate about just anything. They mm. want to, And this is part of my fundamental tension. Like, if it was just going to build what, whatever people want or whatever, solve some problem... Yeah. That misses the point that, like, I actually have to be passionate about solving that problem. Because, yeah, you do, it is going to take a lot of passion to see it through. Totally. And you want to actually, like, practically speaking, I want to hit these four hours that I've got and be excited about it. Mm. As opposed to, like, just have to do the thing. And I guess there's always going to be elements of some stuff you'll have to do. Yeah, there that, will be. That aren't always fun. But yeah. I, at least to have the basic drive to go, actually, I do want to build out this product because I fundamentally think this is a really cool thing mm. to build. So yeah, so I'm now. Well, like you were talked about in the beginning, like you could have a suite of yeah, exactly tools, and you could because I can also see then how easily hay could be 
very helpful to this as well. Or you could link things from Hay into Cookbook, all these yeah. other. Totally. Well, I'm thinking like one of the things with the note taking app for, say, a founder or creator who has got other people inputting ideas. Like you want to be able to like input notes, but what if you just automatically have them show up in the note app? For example, what if you just oh, linked yeah. Hay with the yeah. this note app, and all of a sudden, just the feedback just popped up there, and then you could actually do something with it. Link it, yeah. Yeah. That is brilliant. So there's that. Ooh. <laughs> and then not only that, but all the other feedback tools like Intercom and the chat apps. Yeah, and yeah. They can actually just, so your note app just populates itself. That could be interesting. I actually think you're onto something here. Like, well, I mean, who knows? But I what, what I do know is that I love, I spend a lot of time with note apps to the point that I <laughs> built my own one on my phone. <laughs> You do love I'm, them. I'm passionate about it. For some that. bizarre reason. Yeah. Where, where this goes next, though, is I'm still... I'll still have the problem is I can't build it. Um, yeah. You know. I can... Yeah, I can use another note app and try and... Like, I'm using Notion now and I'm just pushing it and, like, feeling the edges and kind of figuring out exactly um, where its limits are um, and what I want to learn from Notion, what I want to learn from Rome Research, what I want to learn from other note-tapping apps. Yeah, I I do I can prototype this out in terms of visualize it and actually get to the core mechanics of it, but there'll come a stage that I'll have to figure out how to make something like this, like functional, and I may need to figure out talking to um, or finding a developer. Um, Be awesome to find to someone who is willing to give a day and a half of their week as well to this product who can actually be then a co-founder. Yeah, that'd be interesting. To be able to work side by side by someone would be cool. But that's that. This is one of the biggest challenges within the startup area is how do you find co-founders mm. and like and for different. Th- I mean, because again, you got to try and find a co-founder that's passionate about this kind of idea because everyone's passionate about different stuff. And it's like, have you in any of your conversations with co-founders found a developer who you really click with and who might be open to being a being in yeah, partnership yeah, with there you? Is a, there is a Because they don't have to be living here in Auckland. No, actually. Yeah. No, there is a few. Um, and that's an interesting thought. The the probably thing that I think though is that you almost I've heard you gotta you gotta almost approach co founders like a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> because it is like Yikes. <laughs> it's a chal- yeah, it's a challenging thing that you'll be going like there's you you've seen like the amount of decisions that have got to be made mm. on a daily basis. Mm. Um, so it puts a strain on kind of people's uh, relationships and yeah so that would be the only caveat but huh people meet co-founders in a number of ways and i just happen to be talking to mostly technical founders every week so yeah it's probably something to keep, um, like keep open-minded about as you're talking to them yeah and it could even be because there's a few of them that i've just kind of talked to for a week on week and a few different so yeah it's probably something to keep an eye on yeah but um yeah so i will be probably keeping more open to that now because i think that will there will come a time where it's time mm. to but i'm super pumped about this yeah i, I can, like I can say <laughs> your whole like face and body language yeah, yeah. and everything is yeah. awesome yeah it's pretty cool yeah. so yeah so we'll see where we go but um <laughs> you're honestly like a kid in a lego shop right now <laughs> <laughs> I do feel pretty energized, so it's pretty cool. It's early signs are good, so yeah. like, we'll see where we go from here. And obviously, you're still in the middle of your hundred people that you want to be talking to. Yes, that's right. 
and yeah. and there's hay there. I'm still not sure what to do with that. So I actually don't know a lot what to well, do right now. But I'm just kind of. I think they're both good ideas, and I can I can see how they will work together. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. I only really just made that connection now, mm. in terms of how that would work. But yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> as long as I get my cut at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> we can sort out percentages later. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Shall we wrap, wrap it? it? Okay. Yeah. That's been a good week. Yeah. Until next week. Bye.